quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Uh, and so uh, Paul is instructing the church, us as a church, to pray for, and not just with simple prayers, but with supplication, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority. So that, that's the natural authority, right? That's the mayors and the governors and the kings uh, and the police. Uh, he said that we should be praying for them, amen, because they're, they're in authority. And the reason why is that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. And so by us praying for that, basically the, the authority should leave the church to its business, amen. We should have the right and the privilege and the freedom to do our business, and we, we get that uh, so that we're not, you know, having uh, the police walk in, you know, and arrest us for doing for things, you know. And, uh, and so we pray so that we have the ability to complete our work on the earth. Amen. Uh, and, and so and really, if you look at, you know, wh- where the where the government is going, you know, how much the government tried to constrict uh, the churches, especially during COVID. In fact, I was reading just some church in California has to pay millions of dollars in fines because they kept having church during the COVID stuff. Uh, well, um, we need to be praying for our governments that they don't do insane things like that against the church. You know, if you go, Canada has just turned into this crazy place. You know, Canada just used to be this quiet little country up there, but they have uh, just borne down on the churches and just demanded the churches do these things, and, and, they're, and they're advancing all kinds of transgender things and not only doing that, but then uh, codifying that if you say anything against homosexuality or transgenderism, that, that they will come and arrest you and shut your church down, you know, in the church. Uh, and, of course, they really couldn't do that here in the States uh, very well because, again, the First Amendment, uh, and, um, you know, a lot of countries didn't, didn't duplicate the uh, Constitution of America because it, uh, uh, it put too many constraints on their government, amen, the whole Bill of Rights, the, f- the first uh, ten amendments to the Constitution, uh, is a big constraint on the government, amen? Uh, and so, uh, you know, I don't think the government can have too many constraints. So, again, this is not a, a civics class or anything, but, um, but Paul talked about here that, that we do have interactions with the government, amen? And our interaction is in prayer, not in picketing, not, not in um, fighting and doing those things against the government, but in prayer. Uh, and no- notice that he says, it's not just prayers, but supplications, which, you know, supplications are also prayers, but, but there's a, a, just more emphasis there, and, and prayers, just a more, uh, more effort on your side on prayer, uh, and intercessions, and intercessions are even, you know, higher still of amount of prayer that you would go to uh, in regards to whatever you're praying about, in this case, uh, for kings and all those in authority, uh, and so, uh, in other words, we need to pray a lot for the government, Amen. And, of course, if you look at the government, it's, clearly, it's clear that they need a lot of prayer, don't they? Amen. And it's clear that the church hasn't been doing its job, you know, because if we'd been doing our job, there wouldn't be such a, 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 um, an onslaught against faith, against Christian people. You know, the government is coming against all kinds of, remember when they came against the, uh, the, um, uh, those, that group of nuns, uh, right? They were uh, sisters of, of the poor or something like that. Uh, and uh, all they did was help the poor and the needy, uh, and the government said that you have to uh, add uh, abortion to your health care to nuns, right, who are not married and will never need abortion, but they had to pay for abortion and a health care, uh, and, and all they want to do is, is uh, help the poor and the needy, amen? Well, that's crazy talk, right, when the government starts telling the sisters of the poor to, uh, to pay for abortion uh, insurance, 
that for something they will obviously never need. And, and so uh, the government needs to stay out of the church, out of the business of the church. And the church needs to stay out of the business of the government other than to pray for them. Amen. Uh, and so uh, we pray for them and we pray. And, and as you do these things and supplications of prayers and intercession, the Lord will lead you in exactly how to pray. Sometimes you pray for the Lord to remove people out of office. You know, we've done that even here in our church. Amen. Uh, you pray for the Lord to protect those that are in office. Amen. Uh, and um, uh, and you pray for the Lord to give wisdom to those that are there. Uh, and if they if they choose to continue to back to be uh, hard hearted and stiff necked against the Lord, he will remove them. You know, and so we let him do his job. Amen. He's big enough to do it. Uh, he's big enough to to sway the entire country in a direction if the church will do its job. And so that's that's our job is to pray. Amen. Uh, and uh, if you look at uh, good or bad, whatever the condition of our country is in, really the responsibility of that is the church. If the government is doing well in our country, then that's because of the church is praying. If the government is not doing well in the country, it's really still because the church is not praying. Uh, and if we would pray, you know, the Lord moves when we pray, amen, and we have to have confidence in it. I do have confidence in that. Uh, and, um, and so, and that goes from, from all the way to local, uh, local politics, all the way up to f- the federal government. We can pray, amen, and uh, great changes have been made in the earth because uh, people have prayed. Um, so, anyway, I just want to encourage you in that, amen, and so, so um, uh, that's our responsibility is to pray for those that are in authority, amen, for, for kings, and, you know, kings, we have presidents that are elected. Kings are a whole lot tougher to pray for because they can just do whatever they wanted to, amen. In theory, at least, our president is constrained by the law. And so that's not always the case. But, you know, in theory, that's the way it is. Amen. So let's pray uh, in that area. Amen. So uh, let's stand and greet each, other, greet each other for just a minute. We'll get into praise and worship. Yes, Father. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your Yes, Father. Yes, Father. We do exalt you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes, Father. Yes, Father.
King, Father. Father, we thank you that you have made us kings with you, Father. You are the king of kings, Father, but you have made us kings to rule and reign in this life, Father, over all the works of the enemy, Father. And Father, we thank you that you paid a great price for our salvation. Father, because you deemed us worthy to, and of great value, Father, to receive salvation. Father, no one spends that much effort and that much energy and that, at that great a price, Father, for something that is unworthy and unvaluable. Father, you counted us valuable enough to send your own son. Father, that's how much you loved us. That's how much you think of us, Father. That's how valuable that you think that we are, that, that we are valuable enough to send your own son to die and shed blood on our behalf. So, Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And Father, we give you all praise and honor for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Is the Lord good? Amen. He's good. Amen. You know, much of the, uh, in our society, there's, there's so much uh, uh, mental health problems, and a lot of the mental health problems that our society deals with is feeling of no value, that we are, we are of no value to anyone in the earth, and oftentimes people end up with uh, thoughts of suicide and things because the devil lies to them. If people knew how valuable they really were, they would, they would think a lot more of themselves, amen? Well, I'm of no value. Really, a, a king shed blood for you. That's, it means you've got to be somebody uh, important, you know. Uh, I don't know if I like anybody enough to shed blood for them, you know. Uh, but the Lord loves the whole world. He was willing to do that. Yeah. And if, the, if uh, the people of the church, of course, people of the church have mental health issues just like people of the world do. We shouldn't have, but we, we do. We're, oftentimes we're not any different than the world as far as it comes to our, our overall health, including our mental health. But we ought to be the happiest, most stable, satisfied people that there ever was because... Jesus died for us. He died for me. Yes. Uh, and I have, you know, on occasion have had people try to put me down or try to tell me I'm no value and try to tell me I'm no worth. And I listen to what they say and then I look at what Jesus says uh -oh. and, and I think, well, you apparently don't know what I know over here because if you knew what I knew, you would know how valuable I am in the world. Amen. How much the Lord thinks of me. And so I, I rarely struggle with thoughts of, of being of no value and nobody loves me and I just don't think that way because Jesus loves me. You know, if everybody else doesn't like me, Jesus still loves me. And, and you know, if everybody loved me, it still wouldn't equal to Jesus loving me. And so it, it, there's no comparison in, in my mind and heart. Yeah, and so I just don't struggle with that. I don't struggle with thoughts of, of, of low worth and no value and I'm no, no count. Yeah, if, if we really get the revelation of how much Jesus loved us, yeah. never have that thought. Amen. Uh, and so 
and we need to put out, we used to have, uh, we haven't done it in a while, but we have uh, just a collection of scriptures based upon a, a book Brother Hagen put together, which was called In Him, but it's really just scriptures that tells who you are in Him, yeah. that in Him I'm His righteous, and it's just good, you know, if you ever struggle with, with low self-worth and, and, and any thoughts like that, uh, we went through and, and took all those verses and then added a bunch of other translations to them as well. And uh, we'll get a copy of that printed out. And uh, they're just free resources. Of course, you can download it online if, you, if you're a digital kind of person and want it all online. Go to our website and you can download that at no cost. And, and it's just, uh, you know, if you ever struggle with mental health issues and areas of thoughts of, of being in no, no value and, you know, because a lot of times uh, the devil will take that and get to the point that you just quit everything in your life. Amen. Quit your family, quit your friends, quit your job. Uh, and, um, and oftentimes will lead to suicidal thoughts. Um, well, you know, the word can overcome that. Amen. I know we can pray and, and, and uh, rebuke the devil in people's lives. But, you know, you don't always have to have prayer and rebuke the devil. Could you get your mind renewed then when the devil comes and says those things? You'd be like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then he'll just leave. Amen. Uh, you know, we should be and we have the right to have a strong, stable mind. Amen. Amen. Uh, in, in fact, the Lord, the Lord said that, uh, that he's not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Amen. We have a right and a privilege to have a sound mind. And, um, and we have taught in that area over the years. And, and it may not be a, a bad idea to go back and, and uh, teach that message again about having a strong uh, and a stable mind. Amen. Because, uh, uh, you know, you've got to understand that faith uh, is ultimately comes from the realm of the spirit because faith initiates from a revelation that the word of God is so. And so that when you, as you read the word of God, the revelation of that word that, you know, for, for example, by his stripes, you were healed. Well, when you get the revelation that that's a true statement, amen, is that a true statement? Well, you know, it is, but you have to have the, you have to know that it's a true statement. That's revelation. Amen. Just mentally acknowledging that's true because it's in the word is not enough. You have to know that it's a true statement. You know that because the revelation of the Lord comes to you and tells you that it's so. Well, it's still not faith yet. You have to then take that revelation and say, okay, I choose to believe that that revelation is so. Well, that's your, that's your mind. That's your will. You choose as an act of your will to accept that revelation. Uh, and so that's why when people struggle with mental health issues, uh, oftentimes they, have, they struggle with faith because they just have a hard time believing that, that revelation that they know is so, but they have a hard time accepting it it's so. Uh, and so faith requires your spirit man, but it also requires your soulish man to be involved. Uh, and that's why the devil loves to get people's minds messed up because he knows it will, will affect their, their faith. And they will struggle in faith because they have a hard time believing that, well, it can't be so because uh, there's no way God could love me like that. Uh, then, then you don't have faith, amen? Uh, and so we need to have a strong, a strong mind so that we have the ability to be people of strong faith, amen? Uh, your mind is not the only part of faith, but it is a part of faith, amen? Uh, and I know in a charismatic world, that's almost a, a, her, her, a heresy, right, to talk about your mind because we only talk about the spirit, right? Well, who made our mind? God did, right? And so if he made our mind, then, then, it, then it, has, uh, it, has valuable, it has value and use in our life. Amen? Uh, and uh, we don't need to ignore that if, because if the Lord gave it to us, then, uh, of course, we know, according to Romans 12, 2, that our minds should be renewed. Amen? He said that you could be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what does that mean? It means that re to renew your minds is to think like God thinks. Amen? If God loves you, then what should you think about you? 
that God loves me, amen, that I'm, I am valuable. If God loves me, then I should think that I am a valuable person. Well, that's having your mind renewed, amen? If you think you're, un, you're not a very valuable person, then you need your mind renewed because it's not a true statement that you're not a valuable person. A king died for you. You'd have to think that you're a valuable person if you knew that a king died for you. He looked out into, into eternity and he saw your name. He saw your face. You're not just a number. You're a, a, a known person to the Lord. In fact, the Bible says that he is the father of all spirits, that your spirit man on the inside of you was created by God the Father himself and put into a human body that, that was created by the DNA of your parents. And so the Lord, the Lord loves you. Uh, and so you need to have your minds renewed. And he said you could be transformed. That word transformed there is the same word that we find in, in uh, Matthew uh, 17 when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration. Remember that said he, 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 uh, his clothes became white, uh, uh, glistening white, uh, and, and he was transformed there because of the glory of God. Well, that's the same word. That's how your life can change if you'll think like God thinks. Uh, and it's one of the hardest things for Christians to think like God thinks. Uh, but it shouldn't be. We have the Word of God that tells us these things. Uh, and all you got to do is just believe them. Go, okay, well, if you said you love me, then, you, then I must be a valuable person. Uh, and so when, when people have tried over the years to, to tell me how, how unimportant or how um, not valuable that I am, it, it doesn't mean anything to me. I don't take it to, to heart. Oh, wow, I must be a terrible person because they don't love me. And I'm thinking... Man, you are missing out. I'm an awesome person, and I should be your best friend. Amen? I know that sounds like uh, arrogance, but, uh, I mean, you're the same way. God loves you. Amen? You're a valuable person. Uh, you would be, uh, it would be of great value to have you in my life. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, anyway, that's, uh, uh, we should do that. Amen? We should have a strong, sound mind in our lives. Amen? We should think good thoughts about uh, ourselves and our future uh, and those around us. Amen? Uh, and that comes about by meditating on the Word. The, the, uh, he, he told Joshua, you know, to meditate on the Word day and night, to be sure to do everything that's in it. He said, then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Yes. You've got to meditate on the Word of God. Think about the Word of God. Speak the Word of God. Uh, and, and day and night. It's not that it's the only thing you do, obviously, but it, it can't be just like, oh, well, yeah, every, every third, uh, you know, November, I, I think about the Word of God for 15 minutes. And, well, that's not meditating day and night. Amen. You know, I do think about the, in fact, I, just as I was going to, to sleep last night, I was just meditating on the Word of God. Lord, what, why'd you say it that way? You, why, why'd you, what do you mean by that? Well, there's got to be something more there. I'm thinking about the Word of God all the time, and not just because I'm a pastor and a minister, but because I love the Word of God, and I, and I see the value of it in my life. Amen? Uh, and so let's open up our Bibles to the book of uh, Matthew chapter 6. We'll continue there today. Uh, we have been uh, uh, teaching on... Um, the Lord's Prayer, of course, that's what, that's what the tradition calls it. It's not really the Lord's Prayer because he gave it to the disciples. Uh, and, so it, and it's really not even a prayer that, that we should take uh, verbatim and pray ourselves because, number one, it's not pr prayed in the name of Jesus. And so um, just by that alone tells us that it's not uh, 100% what we should be praying for today because the name of Jesus was given to us after the cross. And so Jesus is speaking these words before the cross. So... But there are plenty of good things in here. Uh, there are some things, uh, we're not going to go back over everything, but there are some things, as we discussed, that are no longer valid for, for today because of the cross. And so, of course, one of them was about, uh, about uh, verse 12 there, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So our forgiveness was based upon our works. Well, today our forgiveness is not based upon our works. 
our forgiveness is based upon the work of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So that, that verse 12 there is no longer applicable to us today. It's that verse has expired for us today. Amen. Uh, and so, and so uh, we're down here at uh, verse 13. And it says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Uh, and so that first part of it, lead us not into temptation, uh, well, you know, if you just kind of read it at the surface, you think, okay, so if I don't pray this, God's going to lead me into temptation. Well, that's not what, it, what it's trying to say there. It, it, it's, he's just trying to say, when you lead me, lead me always away from temptation. Because if, if you're not leading me, I may fall into temptation without your leading. Uh, and oftentimes, men of their own devices will go and, and get involved in temptation and wonder how they got there. Well, uh, you know, uh, in fact, let's turn over to James. We'll see how you get there. Amen. It's really easy. <clears throat> and so, uh, it, it's to our advantage for the Lord to tell us, hey, don't do that, right? Uh, don't, uh, don't go there. Don't do those things. Uh, I think I told you this. Well, let's read James 1 here, then I'll tell you the story here. Uh, in James chapter 1, he says here, uh, it says, lead us not into temptation. You know, the temptation, the goal of temptation is to cause you to sin, right? To cause you to miss a mark of the Lord Jesus in some way in your life. And, uh, you know, when we think of temptation, oftentimes we think of, you know, like adultery, you know, sleeping with somebody you ought not sleep with, something like that. But, it, you know, there's a lot of temptations in life about uh, gossiping about somebody or, you know, just having an ill will against somebody that nobody can even see except for you and the Lord. Amen. There's a lot of sins that only you and the Lord know about uh, that, you're, that you're committing right now. Amen. Uh, I'm not going to give you a list. That's not what this message is about today. Uh, but those things happen. Amen. Uh, and so uh, James is telling us here in James chapter 1, uh, he says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. So that's, uh, you know, we should endure temptation, you know, not fall to it. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised of them that love him. So again, it, it almost implies that it's the Lord's desire for you to be tempted. But that's not what he says in verse 13. He said, Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. So again, temptation is, to, is to the goal to cause you to do evil. And so God can't be tempted, and he does not tempt man as well. Uh, and so how does temptation work? Well, James gives us exactly how this works. He says, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Well, the word lust there, you know, of course, we usually see that word lust, and we immediately go to, to sexual sins. But lust is any strong desire. It could be a, uh, an area in the, the a sexual area. But it's any strong desire. I want to be seen. I want to be in charge. I want to have more money than everybody else. I want to have, you know, uh, I want to have what you have. Uh, you know, that could be a strong desire, amen? And it can get out of, out of order in those things. And so any strong desire that would lead you out of the will of God. Uh, and so, uh, you know, in, in my mind, uh, there's a lot of teaching <clears throat> over, over the years about dealing with, like with <clears throat> for example, strong-willed ch children. You know, you shouldn't have a strong-willed child. You've got to break that will of the child. And I think that's exactly the wrong mentality. Every child should be very strong-willed, strong-willed to do the will of God. Amen? <clears throat> you should have a strong desire to do the will of God. You shouldn't be just, you know, uh, mamby-pamby, well, you know, just whatever. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I have a hard time dealing with people that are just wishy-washy, just, well, you know, just whatever, you know, just... Uh, you know, pick a, you know, pick a choice, pick a side, do something, right? Well, I don't know which side to pick. Well, pick one. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, you know, and, and they just won't make a decision. And I just, I just, I did, that's not who I am, right? I make a decision, you know, even if it's wrong, we'll fix it at the end, but make a decision. Amen. Choose a side. Amen. The Lord said, choose you this day. I put before you life and death. Therefore, choose life. 
make a choice, amen? Uh, and so uh, th these are strong desires. It's okay to have strong desires. So, a lot of times people are afraid, well, I'm afraid if I have a strong desire to be wrong. Are you trying to have a strong desire to get out of the will of God? Are you trying to sin? Are you trying to disobey God? If you're not, if your heart's desire is to follow God, then, then he said, fervent in spirit. Amen. He told us to be fervent, hot in spirit. Amen. Not just, well, it's okay. You know, just, well, if it, Lord, if there's nothing else to do, I'll do what you want me to do. But, you know, if something, if anything else comes up at all in the whole world, you know, I won't be able to do what you want me to do. Uh, it, it, that's just, you know, that's the Laodicean church. Remember Laodicean church in Revelation chapter 3? He said, you were, you're neither hot nor cold. He said, you were lukewarm, and it makes me want to spew you out of my mouth. That's tough, right? Just, you know, just, that's what, he, what he's saying? Maybe just, you know, just a little throw up there. Just, you know, we need some, some well, I just don't want to do it. It's like, it's it just, that, that's the Lord's reaction when he, when he sees uh, mealy mouth, you know, wishy-washy Christians, amen? Be on fire for the Lord. It's okay. And, you know, if you're, if you're not exactly right, he'll, he can fix it, amen? Because if your desire every day is to do the will of God with all that you are, he'll be like, hey, change this. Oh, yes, sir, I'll be, no, no problem, Lord. Absolutely, I'd be glad to do that. Uh, it, it's the folks that just, well, I don't know, Lord. I, you know, that's, that sounds kind of controversial. I don't want to say that. And, no, he said, he said every man is drawn away of his own desire, of his own, drawn, of his own desire. What are your desires? So that's where temptation comes. What are your desires? Amen. That's why it's important to always check your desires against the will of God. Well, if I wanted to do that, it must be okay. No, just because, uh, you know, you think about uh, polite society, uh, you know, there's all kinds of constraints in polite society. People just, you know, oftentimes just, they don't, they don't act on their desires. Well, you know, I'm going to keep all that money that uh, uh, they gave me, an extra $10 in, 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 uh, in the refund there, uh, or my, my change back. And I'm just going to keep that. Most people would say, no, I'm not going to do that. Now, see, the, the, the thought to keep it would be there. But most people, now, you know, I, I don't know how many percentage most people are, but I would think most people would, would give that money back. You've got a few people that are, are going to be losers that would try to keep it because they're enticed by that desire to keep that money. Amen. Uh, and so uh, all of those, th those things are, will always cross your mind. Amen. Even uh, just the smallest thing will, will cross will cross, even the, the most uh, saint Christian will, will have a thought to do something that's not right. Yeah. The most perfect Christian will have a thought to do something that would be against the will of God. Uh, and, and if they allowed that flesh to go on, then they would follow that, that flesh, amen? But most people go, no, I'm not doing that. And so, you, so it's, a, it's a perfectly normal thing for, for us as Christians to constrain our flesh. See, the world's always telling us, well, just do whatever you want to do. That's not true. They don't really, because that leads to, you go over to the book of James, or we're in the book of James actually right there, right? Just go down to, uh, to verse uh, 21. It says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. When was the last time you used that phrase in a, in a sentence, right? Superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Excess, right? There's excess. Uh, and, and the world, the goal, the goal of the world is to have no constraint. That's the world. The, the desire of the flesh is to have no constraint. Just do whatever you feel like. You remember back in Noah's day, the Lord said that their, their hearts are only evil continually. Right? Their thoughts are only evil continually. Well, that means they have no constraint. Well, well see, uh, people struggle with, with, this is a pretty simple concept. Your spirit man has desire. 
Your flesh has a desire. Those two desires are not aligned. Amen? Your spirit always wants to serve God in all that you are. Your flesh always wants to serve evil all, all the days of its life. And that's the, that's the way it is right now. Until we get a glorified body, that's the way that we will live in this earth. And so every day you have to decide which, which path am I going to go down. But see, in the world they think if you have a desire, then it should be perfectly fine to execute that desire. But see, the problem is your spirit man doesn't want to do that fleshy desire. So which one should you follow? That's the question, right? That in the church especially, it should be really simple. Your spirit man always wants to do right. Oh, it's just a goody t-shoes. It's, your, it's you. You are your spirit. It's not just, you know, God making you do good. It's you, you, your own heart, your own spirit man always wants to do well, always wants to do right. It's not that it's God forcing this, this desire on you to do right. It's you in your heart always wants to do right anyway. And your flesh, which oftentimes is louder than your spirit man, will oftentimes override that. Well, that, I just want to do what I want to do. Well, that's true for every person. Every good person, every bad person always wants to do what they want to do. The, the difference is a good person always wants to do what their spirit man wants to do, and an evil person always wants to do what their flesh wants to do. And so this is not a hard discussion. And when people make these, these, these uh, uh, incorrect arguments about, well, you're just trying to constrain me. See, that, that's not clear doctrine. What you're really saying is you're trying to constrain my flesh. Well, that is true because all flesh is evil. Amen. And, 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 and so we should always, as an as a act of our uh, growing in the Lord, always should constrain our flesh. Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I put my body under. Lest having preached to others, I myself might be a castaway. He said, I put my body under. You don't put his spirit under, he puts his body under, because your body's always wanting to do things that are against the will of God. Well, that's just how I feel. That's how your flesh feels, Amen. All this stuff about the, the, all this insanity about the transgenderism that's coming on uh, right now that's in our society, it's all based on the flesh. Amen? There's no spirit, there's no person's spirit wants to become a different gender. It's only their flesh. Amen? And most of it is a social contagion from, from just, it's an insanity right now. It sounds like a cool thing to do because children are stupid. They don't know what to do. They, you know, I mean, how many children wake up one day and they're a dog or a cat? Well, you don't let them decide, well, they're a dog or a cat, you know. Well, of course, that, that society today is, is thinking that's okay. Some schools are putting in litter boxes literally in their, in their classrooms because, uh, I mean, that's like Ph.D.-level stupidity, amen? You know, you tell your child, shut up. You're not a dog or a cat, you know, grow up. And, they, and they'll be like, okay, and they'll just go on. They don't think anything about it. Uh, but as soon as you start uh, appeasing their flesh, you know, the, the, they have a flesh even, even as a child. They still have a flesh, a sin nature in them. So uh, we are tempted, uh, uh, he said, when, of our own strong desires, amen, that are against the will of God. That's where all temptation comes from is your strong desires. Uh, you know, uh, we'd go down to, uh, uh, when, when Jared was younger, we'd go down to, to um, the store a lot, and, and some of the stores have these big, these big um, uh, displays of like alcohol, right? Wine and beer and that kind of stuff. Uh, and Jared would be like eight years old and, you know, 10 years old, 12 years old. And I said, Jared, you got any desire to drink that? Well, no. Well, see, there you go. So when that desire does come, because it will come to everybody, that, that temptation will come to everybody, you would be like, I don't want to do that. See, it's just really simple, amen? Uh, it's just as simple of just no. So there are things that, that uh, uh, because certain people have a desire, they're going to uh, tend in that particular type of sin. And especially if you've ever committed sin, 
then the devil loves to, to try to bring that same desire back to you. Amen? And sometimes it's something that you may have to stand against the rest of your life. It's better to just not ever get involved with it. Amen? I've never done any kind of illegal drugs. So it's just not a temptation to me. In fact, I've never been drunk. Uh, you know, I, I did have a, have a, a half a can of beer one time. Uh, and, um, you know, that was my binge days, right? Uh, but it, it's not a temptation. I can walk right by it. I've never even smoked a single cigarette, never even had a drag of a single cigarette. So it's not a, it's not a temptation. Yeah, and, and for those that have been involved in the lifestyle, I understand that just from a spiritual standpoint that, that you may be tempted on that. Now, oftentimes the Lord supernatural can remove that out of your life. A lot of people I know, especially the people that have been smokers, uh, they just can't stand being around it. And that's good. That's a good thing. Amen. Uh, and so, but, but the Lord's not doing these things. Amen. The Lord is not tempting us. These are desires that we have. And if we will train ourselves that, to, to review every desire, Lord, is that a good desire or a bad desire? And if it's a bad desire, tell it to shut up. That's what you, t- you tell your own desire to shut I'm not doing that. See, that's how you, you deal with it. And if you do that enough times, then that desire just fades away and it doesn't become a, a big deal in your life. There are certain, certain sins that people may spend the rest of their life standing against. And it's unfortunate, but it's just, it's just part of, of life. Amen. Uh, but a lot of sins, uh, you'd be like, well, I haven't thought about that in years. Uh, and so, so you, you have to uh, recognize that if there's a, tempt, a temptation to sin, it didn't originate from the Lord. Uh, and God's not t- trying you, tempting you to see if you're going to make it or not. Amen. So the Lord does try our hearts oftentimes. But he, he'll try us, not tempt us, but he will try us to see if we will be faithful. He's not tempting us to sin. He's trying us to see if we'll be faithful. Amen. Uh, and, and I'll just give you an example of how, uh, how that often works. And at one time, we had sold a, uh, we sold a vehicle. And um, uh, we asked the Lord, you know, Lord, what do you want us to do with this, with this money? You know, we could, we could uh, use it for buy something else or you know, give it to somebody or whatever, and, and, and we just sense in our hearts, the Lord told us to just, just hang on to it. And I go, okay, well, you know, I mean, uh, that's fine, no problem, we'd be glad to do that. And, and then um, one night at church, uh, the, the pastor stood up and said, well, this family in a church needs some uh, financial assistance, you know, if you'd like to give uh, towards this financial assistance, then, then uh, we're going to receive an offering, a special offering for this family. And so, me and Chris have, have me sitting together that particular service. Uh, usually I was in a sound booth, but that service, you know, we were sitting together. And um, we said, well, you know, what do, what do we want to do? And so we were talking about how about this much money? And, and, you know, down here in our spirit man's like, you know, that's not the right number. So we cut it in half, right? Because, you know, we'd always, no, we didn't go, we cut it in half, you know. Usually the Lord's not telling you to give less, you know. Uh, but uh, but so, so we, well, what about this number? Well, that still wasn't the right number, you know? And, and well, how do you know? Well, just down here in your heart, you just know. Well, that's the number, amen? Whatever the number is, that's the number. Just like when we, we bought this building uh, next door, um, uh, they said, uh, we found that it was for sale. And uh, so we called them and they said, well, uh, we're going to sell it for this much money. They said, that's the lowest that the, the courts will let us sell it for because it was a divorce situation. And so me and Chris were walking uh, in the neighborhood at home one day and just in my heart and it wasn't the Lord spoke to me just it's just a revelation in my heart we came from the Lord but revelation was like that's not the this is the number it was like ten thousand dollars less and well you can't take less than that but well that's the number and so I called them up and said well this is what we'll give to you and they're like okay and so but five seconds ago they couldn't take anything less because that's what the courts court said you can't take anything less 
Yeah, but the Lord said you'll take less. So if the Lord says you'll take less, then you're going to take less. So you can either take less now or you can take less later, but you're going to take less. And here's a number. Uh, and so that's the way the Lord works. And so when the Lord, when the Lord gives you a number, that's a number. Just like all the renovations we've done in the building, every project we've done, we've always had a number. Uh, and, and well, that's the number. And then we call up the contractor. And we go, How much will it cost? And will it cost this much money? Uh, and and it's, he's always been right on the money. He's always been right with the now, I, don't, I don't tell him what the number is, but first, right? Because, you know, if you tell somebody, well, uh, I need to buy a house. What's your budget? Uh, you know, it's a million dollars. Okay, every house now is only a million dollars. It doesn't matter if it's a one-bedroom house. Every house will cost a million dollars, right? And that, that's the way that works. And so you don't tell him, but the Lord gives you the number. Amen. And so, so we're like, well, what's the number? Well, and finally we said, well, what if we just write, write the check for the whole amount? Well, and in our heart, that's the number. Okay, so we wrote a check for the whole amount, and, and, and uh, you know, it was a few thousand dollars. Uh, and so we wrote a check uh, for the whole amount, and, and then, uh, and they, you know, that we, we, didn't, we didn't do it to be recognized, and, you know, we'd have been just fine with it being anonymous, but somebody told them how much we gave, which, you know, they should have known how much we gave, but somebody told them how much we gave, and, and the husband came up to me uh, after the service, said that's the exact amount that we needed uh, between now and, and when I get paid next, right? Because they were on summer break for school. He was a school teacher, and then he get paid until the fall. Uh, and so, so that's now who knew the number? The Lord knew the number. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, so, so we did that by obedience. Now, uh, the Lord needed us to be obedient because right after that, I found out that uh, um, uh, that I was going to get laid off from my job. And I told the Lord just kind of jokingly, because I, you know, by that time we walked faith enough. Lord, you know, it'd have been helpful that for us to save that money so that when I get laid off, we would have kind of a cushion there, right? So, uh, you know, don't you know anything, Lord? Don't you know about financial planning? I mean, you should know better than that, Lord, to just make me give away all of our money and then tell me I'm going to lose my job. Uh, and so, uh, but we weren't concerned about it all. And, and long story short, we ended up, uh, ended up getting another job. Uh, and it was, it was as good. In fact, it was better than the current job I had. And because it worked out, when they, when they first said, and they said, well, we're going to give you a severance package. And, um, and they said, well, hang on. Uh, uh, we're changing how we're doing the severance package. And so we thought, well, we didn't know how much it was going to be. And it's, you know, there's over a period of several months this was going on. And um, they came back and said, well, okay, the new severance, severance package is this. It was double what it was when we first found out that we were going to get laid off. So the next year... We actually brought in uh, uh, like double, I had two, uh, basically two uh, engineering salaries, right? It was nearly a whole year's salary plus my new job, which I started on the Monday after I left my last job on a Friday. So I didn't even get a day off. Uh, and so, uh, so basically my salary nearly doubled the next year, right? Because uh, now see, uh, the Lord was able to do that because we were obedient, Amen. Uh, and so, uh, now look, uh, see, there was no pressure on anybody for what we were supposed to do. That was between me and Chris and the Lord. Amen. And nobody got up and said, well, you've got to give big. You've got to. No, that's all foolishness. Amen. You, if you'll do what the Lord tells you to do, you'll always be okay. Amen. If anybody's pressuring you from the pulpit, you just, you just shut down. Just like my dog, you know, when he goes for a walk, if he doesn't walk anymore, he just shuts down. You know, you can't drag him. He's like a boat anchor. I mean, he will not move. And you just, so you just shut down. You don't, you don't, you don't allow anybody to pressure you when it comes to money but you do whatever the lord tells you to do if he says write it all you write it all i got no problem writing it all amen if the lord says to do it no problem amen 
And I, I could tell you story after story just like that. The Lord bless, has blessed us financially. So he, he's never going to tempt you to sin, but he will try to be faithful. Will you be faithful to do what I... I've I got big things coming your way, but I need, you to, I need to see that you're faithful here because he said, I'm, you've been faithful in little things, I'll make you rule over much. I'll do that, amen? Uh, and so uh, be faithful to do whatever the Lord tells you to do, big, small, or whatever, amen? Because a lot of times it's a small things. So he's going to try you in small things because Jesus said, if you're not faithful over another man's things, it, uh, then he won't make you faithful over your own things. A lot of times people, I want my own thing. Well, were you faithful with the guy that you're working for? Well, no. How many people, you know, had people working for you, stab you in the back, lie, cheat, and steal, and they think they want their own thing? Well, that's fine, but you're never going to be successful. Just like people uh, join a church, and they're the most unfaithful Christian there ever was, but they want their own church. I want, I want to be my own pastor. Well, that's fine. Uh, were you faithful uh, where you were at? You know, I was faithful to my pastor for 20 years, and I got no problem saying that. We were faithful, I mean, uh, in spite of, of his aggressive uh, desire to, to harm us, you know, me in particular, you know, I stayed faithful. Uh, and people said, why'd you stay there? Because I had to be faithful. To me, it was more important to be faithful to the Lord, not to the man, but to be faithful to the Lord, than it was to, for, to appease my flesh. Amen? And I'm so thankful because whatever person I am today, it was because I chose to be faithful over those years. Uh, and so, uh, it, it's... Uh, but I've known a lot of people that are so unfaithful, then they go start another church and it doesn't work. And so, well, well you never learned to be faithful when you was at another man's church. You, you, you didn't come to church. You didn't, you didn't give. You didn't participate. You didn't help. You didn't do anything. You, did, you know, I mean, you were there, but barely. Uh, and so, you know, and again, it's not, I don't care. You do whatever you want to, right? I'm, you know, my job is not to lord it over you to, to expect you to operate uh, in a certain way as a Christian, that's between you and the Lord Jesus. Amen. I'm, it's not my job. I, my job is to stand up and teach and preach what the Word says. But if the Word says to be faithful, then, then I would encourage you to be faithful. Whatever you're called to do, be faithful. Amen. If you're doing something for somebody else, that's when you should especially be faithful because the Lord may want you to move into something that you're doing on your own. But if you've never been faithful to doing something for somebody else, He, he will never move you to, to something of your own. Uh, and so... so uh, he goes on to say in verse 15 that when lust is conceived, that bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Uh, and of course, that doesn't always mean physical death, but uh, death uh, oftentimes in the Word of God means a life without power. Uh, and so a lot, of, a lot of Christians are sinning, uh, and a lot of times they put it off on the Lord. Well, the Lord's not doing it, amen? Let's turn over to, uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. <clears throat> And, you know, and so that's why whenever you repent, and hopefully if you commit a sin, you repent. If you, if you have committed a sin and you repent, you should always repent from the standpoint of, Lord, I chose to do this. You should never repent of, Lord, they made me do that. Because that's not repentance. You're not, what, what are you going to repent of if somebody made you do that? What are you going to change? Because repentance means to change course and direction. So what's there to change if somebody made you do that? There's nothing for you to change. So it's not true repentance, amen? Uh, anytime you sin, you should always own it. And say, Lord, I chose to do this. Nobody made me do this. I chose to do that. I chose to say it. I chose to do it. I chose to go there. I chose to, to do that thing, whatever it was. Uh, I, I chose to do it. Nobody made me do it. And, and, and then leave, leave out all excuse. Lord, I, I was tired. Lord, I needed it. Lord, I had to have it. There, there's no excuse that's going to work with the Lord. All you got to do is own it, declare that you did it, and, and, and repent of it. And say, Lord, then this will be the last time. Amen? 
And if you have to say this is the last time a hundred times, I'd still say it's the last time a hundred times. Amen? Uh, instead of saying, Lord, I just can't help it. That's not true. You don't want to help it, right? You know, that, that's true. Uh, but don't ever make excuses. If you make excuses, you're not really repenting. You're not really changing course and direction. You're trying to excuse. You know, the purpose of an excuse is to remove guilt without repentance. Lord, Lord, I'm not guilty because somebody made me do it. I'm not guilty because that's the way that I am. I'm not guilty because I needed it. I'm not guilty because I had to do it. Well, that's not true. If you did it, then you did it. Amen? It's just, it's just to be really simple. Repentance is really simple. Lord, I did it. I chose to do it. Nobody made me do it. Uh, and, and I ask you to forgive me. That's, is that simple? That, that makes us look really bad. But it's not, it doesn't matter. You're already bad. It's not, the, like, it's not like news to the Lord. Really? You did that? He, he, he's never surprised. He's like, wow, I didn't know you did that. You know, uh, you know, you should have kept that to yourself. No, he already knows. It's, it's, so it's not, like, it's, not like he, uh, it's not like it's a surprise to him when you, when you confess your sins, right? You're supposed to confess your sins. Confessing your sins doesn't, doesn't include uh, that somebody made you do that. That's not a, if, if somebody made you do it, it's not really a sin. Amen? Uh, and so... Uh, of course, you know, we, we don't want to go down too far down that path, but we could spend a lot of time talking about that. And the whole concept of sin is just, it's just really hard in the church for them to get it settled on. It's really simple. Is it a violation of God's will? Either by His Word or by His Spirit is a violation of God's will. That's sin. Uh, and, and if you chose to do that by word or by deed, uh, or by lack of word or lack of deed, right? Sometimes sin of omission is just as bad as sin of commission. Amen. Remember, he said that, that uh, he, told, uh, he told Ezekiel that if you don't, that, uh, if you don't pray, that the blood, uh, if you don't go and tell the people of their sin, their blood is on your hands. So it's a sin of omission. You didn't do that. And so they, they died. And so that's, their, their blood is on your hands. Uh, and so, uh, so sometimes it's what you do or what you say or, or what you don't do or what you don't say. Uh, and so... Uh, but again, that's between you and the Lord. Now, the Word of God has got a lot of things covered, but it doesn't have everything covered. Should you run that red light? Well, I don't know. You know is it, there's nothing in the Bible that says don't run a red light. Well, then you're, then you're free to run all the red lights when you want to, right? No, that's, uh, it wouldn't be very wise to do that. Amen? Uh, except for that one by, on the north side of town by the Nokian Tire Plant. It's okay to run that one because it's, it's a waste of time. Why, why they even put that one in there, I don't know. Uh, and so, uh, but um, uh, no, just because it's not covered in the Word of God, the Spirit of God is always there to tell you in every situation what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And if you lean to Him, He'll always tell you, yeah, don't do that. Or He will tell you, yeah, you should do that right now. Uh, and so, um, so he, uh, here in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says in verse 13, there is no temptation taken to you, but such as is common to man. Now see, I like that verse there because number one, it tells me I am not special. My sin is not special. I, nobody else has had to deal with what I'm dealing with. No temptation taken you, but it's common to man. Common. Mankind. You think you're the only one who's ever dealt with this? Not true. It's common to mankind. Amen? Somebody has dealt with this exact same thing. You think your problems are bigger than everybody else's? Not true. Uh, you know, and I told that to a person one time, and I think they got mad at me. I said, you know, you're not special. Wow, you know, you, know, you say things like this to people, they just puff up. <laughs> They get, you know, suck all the air out of the air. Oh, yeah, you, you know, and they get so mad at you. And, and, but they won't hear what you say. Because what they were saying is, my problem is so big, nobody else ever had to deal with this ever in the whole history of humanity. And I'm, it's so hard, and, and I, can't, I just can't do it because nobody else has had to do this before. Yawn, yawn, boring, not true. 
not even close to true. Amen? It's not close to true. But see, the devil loves to get you to believe that because that way you have an excuse. Lord, it was so, nobody could have lived under this. Really? Nobody, huh? Uh, it seemed like Jesus did. He was tempted in all points like in a man yet without sin. Amen? Uh, and so I was reading some things about some folks. They were saying uh, that they, they would uh, rather suffer the pains of hell than to commit one infraction against the Lord Jesus. That's tough. I mean, uh, and they were saying, where are the heroes of faith who will die before they sin? Uh, and, and so, uh, but see, there, there's not a single temptation that you've ever gone through that somebody hasn't had to deal with before. So, so don't ever make your sin out to be special, because if you make your sin special, then you think that you have a, a free right or a lack of guilt if you commit that sin. I'm not guilty, Lord, because nobody else has, has been able to live under this, sin, uh, this temptation before. Not true. Not what the Word says. Amen. And so, see, when I see that, it takes all the pressure off of that, because then, then if I sin, it's like, well, the Lord just, I did it. Nobody made me do it. You know, I just chose to do it. Amen. But, but if you're special and the devil's uh, uh, putting you under pressure like nobody else has ever gone under before, then, then when you sin, and Lord, I, I couldn't help it, Lord, because nobody else has been successful like this before, uh, that's not true. Amen? So don't ever think that your sin is special because uh, if that, that puts you into false mentality, that then you're not guilty when you do commit the sin. You're always guilty of every sin. Amen? And, and there's no excuse. You can't go to the Lord and say, Lord, it wasn't my fault. He'd be like, I'm sorry, what'd you say? Uh, did you say something? Uh, I didn't hear a thing you said, because nothing you said was so, right? It'd be a big yawn to the Lord, amen? That's still better than spewing you out of his mouth, I know, but still. Um, but he said, there's no temptation uh, taking you. But so, and then he says, this makes it even worse, right? But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. Is that, is that pretty simple, right? He will not suffer you or not allow you to be tempted above that which you're able. So if you say, Lord, I couldn't help it, that's in direct conflict with what the Word of God says. Because the Word of God says, see, the temptation comes from your own desire, but the Lord also will put a check on that to say, well, then, you know, they're, they're, they're like a seven Christian, so we're, you know, if it gets to be a seven, then cut it off. He's going to cut it, he's going he's to limit that. He can't, he can't take your will away from you because that's your will, but he's still going to uh, minimize or maximize or not allow it to go beyond a certain amount where you are incapable of dealing with that temptation. So he's not going to allow you to be tempted above that which you're able. But then he says, but with, with the temptation, also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So, so there's always, a, there's always a, an exit in every temptation. Well, Lord, there's no way out. There's always a way out. He just says right there, with every, with every temptation, he's going to make a way of escape. That every temptation, there's a way out. Uh, and, and so uh, we, we've been so trained to, to come up with excuses and reasons why and, and why I couldn't help it and it was too hard. And, but none of those things are true. Uh, Lord, there was no way out. I, there, you know, I had to do that. Well, that's not true. It's a direct conflict with what the Word of God says. So in every temptation, every sin that's ever been committed by a, ch- by a church member, right? Because we're, this, these are words written to the church. You know, these are to the, this is not written to the world. This is written to the church. And so God is trying to help us here. Uh, that uh, There's been plenty of other people gone through what you're going through. And uh, it's never been more than you could bear. And there's always been a way out. Are those three statements true? 
well, according to the word of God, they're true. Amen. So, so you're without excuse. So don't make up an excuse. So if you try to say, well, Lord, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't handle it. He just said that uh, he was going to make sure that you couldn't be tempted more, more than you could handle. So he, had, he does have some level of confidence with you. Amen. Uh, and so, and his confidence is not really so much in you, but in the spirit of God that's in you. Uh, and so uh, there is always a way out. Uh, but then, of course, people say, uh, well, you know, the Lord put this burden on me, amen, and it's more than I could bear. Well, number one, that's not true. They, they, they take this verse and they kind of, they, they twist it to say something it's not saying, right? First of all, it's saying that God's putting the burden on them. Well, God's not putting burdens of sin on you. Uh, remember what Jesus said in, in Matthew eleven twenty nine thirty, 29, 30, that his, that, uh, his yoke is easy and his what? His burden is what? Light. Is that what he said? So, so, so a lot of times people say, well, the burden, God's putting this burden on me, and it's so much, you know, and Lord, just, just help me carry this burden. Lord, give me the strength to carry this burden. Uh, he's like, uh, what, what are you talking about? I didn't, put that, I didn't put that on you. You put that on you. It's your, it's your desires and lusts that are causing you to, to live this way. Amen? I'm not putting any burdens on you other than the burdens that the Lord puts on us are our responsibilities to live as Christians. That's the burden he puts on us. Amen? And he said it's light. So it should be the easiest thing in the world to be a Christian. You ever heard me say that statement? I say it all the time. Why do I say it? Because that's what Jesus said. Yeah. Easiest thing. It, it, is a, it is a responsibility that's given us to live as Christians. He said it's light. It's the easiest thing in the world to live as a Christian. Because if you'll always yield to your spirit man, if, if you just will get set on your heart, I will always do what my spirit man tells me to do. It's the easiest thing in the world. So in temptation, I'm not doing that. You know, this temptation, I'm not doing that. But see, what happens, uh, we don't have that settled in our hearts that we will always do what our spirit man says. So when that temptation comes, we, we consider it as a possible option. Yeah, I, I could do that. I really want to do that. And spirit man's like, well, don't do that. But your flesh goes, yeah, I really want to do that. And you'll give, you'll give heed to your flesh enough to, to contemplate that decision. And then the pressure, that's when the pressure comes. I, you know, I, I, want to do, I don't want to do it over here, but, you know, I really want to do it over here, but you know, I really shouldn't do it over here. And so that, you ever had that pressure? That pressure is there because you allow your flesh to have a voice. If you'll allow your flesh to never have a voice, it's the easiest thing. Just do what your spirit man says. Oh, yeah, don't do that. I'm not doing that. That's the easiest thing in the world not to do that. But see, when you, want it, when you think your flesh has a valid voice, then oftentimes you will allow that flesh. Well, I, just, I had to tell them. They deserve to hear what I have to say. They needed to hear what I said. i got to put them in their place. Okay, well, then, you know, stay in that pressure. You know, when the Lord says, don't say that, easy thing in the world is to be, okay, then I'm not going to say that. You know, there, there's been times when, when, when I could have said things to people uh, and just really put them in their place. If it's the easiest thing in the world, it's not to say it. I had to bite a nail. You know, I never bite a nail. Because biting a nail implies that, that, your, that your flesh has, has a valid point in committing a sin, but you're constraining that with all that you are. But see, I put my flesh under, so it's like, I don't have to say that. I have not, no need to say it. No, under, no, I'm under no pressure, no obligation to say it, no need to say it, no desire to say it. Because his, his burden is light. Amen? His yoke is easy. His burden is light. And so... Uh, you know, and the Lord's going to lead you that way. That's what, that's what the prayer of Jesus said, right? Lead us not into temptation. He's going to lead you in a path. But see, your flesh is going to lead you in a different path. So the flesh is always like, yeah, go over there. Go over there, do that. Amen? I, I remember one time, I, and I've told this story lots of times, but I, I was at a friend's house. Uh, I needed to borrow his lawnmower. And, um, and so I got there. Well, he wasn't there, but his wife was there. And we've been friend, family friends for years. 
you know, just uh, we went to dinner together, had them over our house, over their house all the time. I mean, for years, no problem there, nothing ever going on ever. But that one day I go there and all the bells and whistles were, were, were going off. Now, her daughter was in the house, you know, and, but all the bells and whistles were going off. And what's that mean? Well, it just means run, right? You just have, it's an unction to run. So I still got the lawnmower, but then I ran. I didn't, I didn't linger. I, I didn't, you know, I, I really needed a lawnmower, but, and, I'm, and it might have been more wise to just leave anyway, right, without the lawnmower, but I really needed a lawnmower, amen? So sometimes, you know, you got to figure out in that moment what you're going to do, but, uh, but uh, well, and nothing happened, right? She didn't say anything, didn't do anything that was, that was, that was uh, incorrect or distasteful or, or would have, you know, violated any, any marriage vows or principles, but what would have happened if I had stayed? Because, you know, we would just normally just chill, uh, chill and just relax and just chit-chat and just have a good conversation and, and go on, amen? And normally I wouldn't do that anyway if it's just a, a wife at her, at her house by herself. I wouldn't go there anyway, you know. I thought he was going to be there and it wasn't, gonna, it wasn't supposed to be a thing. But, uh, but, you know, the Lord loves us, amen? He, he, he took care of me in that situation to make sure nothing happened. Now, nothing happened, uh, and so I just moved on. But there are lots of times when, when that happens, the Lord says, run. Don't do that. Don't go there. Don't say that. Uh, and if we will heed his spirit, man, we can live a good life, amen, a life that's free, a life that's, uh, see, I'm free, I'm free to not sin. The world tells you you're only free to, if you're allowed to sin, but see, I'm free to not sin. I'm perfectly free to make my own choice, amen. See, if I have to sin, then I don't have a choice. If I have to commit that sin, I don't have a choice. I'm a slave to that sin. And that's what the world is. The world is, is a slave to their sin. See, they have to do it. I'm free to not do it. Uh, and so uh, they, they love to... Uh, uh, to, to argue about that, that case there. So 1 Corinthians 10, 13 is a great verse because it tells you you're not special, right? Which, that should be a great verse, right? Go, I'm not special. Even though I thought at the beginning of this, this message, I told you you were all special. A king died for you. Uh, well, you are special, but your sin's not special. Amen? Uh, and your temptation's not special. Uh, and, 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 and nothing you've ever had to deal with was anything that you couldn't overcome. Uh, and so a lot of times people have failed because they say, I couldn't, I couldn't handle the pressure. Well, you really couldn't handle the conflict between your flesh and your spirit is what you couldn't handle. Uh, and if you'll, if you'll train yourself to tell your flesh to shut up, then there's never any pressure, right? That, that pressure is there because you, you, you allow your flesh to have a voice. Uh, and so, and with every temptation, there's always a way out, amen? Uh, and so um, just real quick, I wanted to just read... Uh, uh, one of the verse here, Jesus talked about this in Matthew 26. Uh, he said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. So uh, part of avoiding temptation is us being aware, right? Watch, being aware. Amen. Well, I don't know how that happened. Uh, you know, I always told uh, Jared, number one cause for all, all auto accidents, lack of awareness. Somebody's not paying attention to somebody, right? Uh, and so... Uh, watch and pray, be aware, be aware of where you're at, be aware of what you're saying, be aware of who you're spending time with, and pray, spend time with the Lord, uh, that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, willing to do what? Willing to do what the Lord wants him to do, but the flesh is weak. The flesh doesn't want to do what the Lord wants to do. It's weak to, to carry out the, the plan and will of God. Uh, and so that's the conflict. Spirit's willing, flesh is weak. That's always the same conflict. Never had been anything other than that conflict. Uh, another translation says, keep awake and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is right willing, but the body is frail. And I just uh, wrote this translation down because it has a lot of big $64 words in it. And, um, and so I'm not sure what any of it means, but we'll read it anyway. It says, 
Uh, be ever watching and be ever praying, lest you enter a place of test, testing where a, solic- uh, where a solicitation to do evil may be the occasion which will lead to an act of sin. The spirit on the one hand is willing, but the, on, on the other hand, the flesh is weak. Uh, and so, is that a true statement? Spirit's always willing, flesh is always weak. That's, that's, the, that's the game, right? That's the deal. That's the, that's the hand we're dealt with. And it's the easiest thing in the world to not follow the, 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 the desires and temptations of your flesh. Paul said, put it under. Amen? Just don't listen to it. It doesn't have a valid voice. It doesn't have a valid reason. Well, you need to do that. Based on what? Right? You need to say that. Based on what? Well, they need to hear it. Based on what? Are you the Lord? Do you know they need to hear it? You're saying they need to hear it, but is that a true statement? You don't know it's a true statement. You know, your flesh says it's a true statement, but you don't know that it's a true statement. So, see, if you're always willing to, to do what your spirit man tells you to do, easiest thing in the world to, to live free from sin. Amen? Easiest thing in the world. And so, uh, that doesn't mean that Christians haven't committed sins. Uh, my guess is between now and the, the last breath on the earth, you may commit one more sin, just one more, right? Uh, and, and so, uh, I'm not uh, prophesying it over you, but, uh, but we all have life to deal with. Amen? Uh, and so, but it, it is a valid prayer that the, that the spirit man can lead you away from sin. Yes. That your spirit man knows there's sin there, and it will, it will help you avoid that. So you don't even have to be tempted. So you see, live in a way where I'm never tempted. Uh, and so, you know, Jesus, you know, he had to go in certain places, and he was tempted, right? He was tempted in the wilderness. He was tempted in the garden. Uh, and so there's some things you can't avoid. But even in the midst of that, your spirit man can be so strong, you're like, I'm not doing that. Remember, Jesus was tempted to do a lot of things there in the wilderness, and he just said, uh, it, is, it is written. I can't do that. Uh, and, and if you would have that attitude about, I can't do that, see, then it, everything becomes easy. Amen? I can't, that, that would be an infraction against the will of God. That would harm somebody else. I can't do that. Uh, and so uh, we can do that. Amen? So it, it is valid and acceptable to pray, Lord, uh, don't lead us in temptation. Uh, he won't lead you into temptation, but, but sometimes in the work of the Lord that you do, there's just temptation around you. Uh, amen? Uh, and, and, and so you have to guard yourself in those things. Uh, and so, um, you know, just e- even around here, uh, if you notice, you know, I, 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 never, uh, I never handle the offering. Amen? It, it, gets, it gets collected. It gets put in envelopes. It gets put away. Uh, and, and I just don't touch it, right? I don't touch it until, you know, sometimes I'll help Chris take care of it there, but I never do it on my own. And I just, I just make sure I don't I never do that because, uh, and, and I'm not tempted about money at all, but I'm just going to make sure I just, I never put myself in that position because it'd be so easy for, for pastors especially to, to start, you know, skimming a little off the top, amen? Uh, and, um, uh, you know, especially if it's anonymous, well, nobody knows about it, right? Well, the Lord knows about it. It's not anonymous to the Lord. He knows everything, amen? And so I always put myself in a position where I just, I don't, I don't do it, Amen? Sometimes people will give me a check, you know, for the offering. And it's, it's like nails on it. It's the hardest thing for me to do because I don't, I, don't want, I don't want to touch it because to me it's, it's holy. Amen? Yeah. And I do just out of, out of convenience for them. But the first thing, I put it back, you know, back where the offerings go. Uh, and so you know, I'm just, I, I, I try to live my life in such a way that I'm not going to put myself in those situations. And a lot of times people will put themselves in a situation and then fall to a sin and wonder, you know, how did I get here? Well, if you'd use wisdom, you know, he'd lead us not into temptation. So the wisdom of God will show you ways to avoid temptation in your life. Amen. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't do any counseling with, with women by myself. 
you know, that, that's, that's wisdom, amen? Well, you know, and see, I'm, and I wouldn't be tempted anyway because, you know, I'm married to my wife and, and that's the last one, once and done, amen? Uh, and it would never be a temptation, but I'm still never going to do it because it would be stupid to do it, first of all, right? And, um, and I'll tell you something, we'll go, you know, I remember years ago my pastor said that this, it was an ex-girlfriend called him up one day. He'd been married in the ministry for years, but this ex-girlfriend called him up and said, uh, Kenny, I, I need some counseling. Right, really, is that what you need? I need, I need counseling, right? And he said, well, you know, where do you want to do the counseling? She said, well, well, I would like to meet at the Winona Motel. And all the sin in Cookville happened at, with the, at the Winona Motel, right? There was a lot of sin at the Winona Motel. And, well, I need counseling at the motel. Right. Is that what you really, you know, how many pastors go, I'll be right there, you know. <laughs> that, that would be a lamb being led to the slaughter right there, amen? And, and so, you know, the story goes that, uh, um, um, that Billy Graham wouldn't even get on an elevator with a woman. Right, if he if stops at his floor and he's going to get in that village, just a woman there by herself, he wouldn't even get on there because uh, he just he just not that he was tempted, but see, lead us not into temptation. Like, I'm not doing that. All right, 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 uh, and so you don't want to even have the appearance of evil. Amen. Uh, and so uh, because somebody else might look and go, did you see Billy Graham? He got on an elevator. He rode a hundred floors on that elevator with that woman by himself. Right. Uh, and so, you know, so the Lord does give you wisdom to lead you away from temptation. Amen. Uh, but there are things that your life happens and there are things that, you know, not due to lack of a control or anything that you, things happen. Right. Jesus had was tempted. He was tempted at all points like in the man. Right. But there are many things that we could avoid the, the difficulties of life if we, if we would allow the Lord to, to speak to us wisdom and not do things. If he says run, you should run. Amen. And he's only told me to run once or twice, but, uh, but uh, when he did, you know, I, I just, just shut her down. You know, and one, one time I was at a restaurant, and I was traveling for business, and the, the waitress comes up, and she said, I love your hair. <laughs> well, you know, all the bells and whistles went up, you know, because, you know, uh, not that many people really say much about my hair, because, you know, I've been rocking this same haircut for a lot of, lot of years, you know, but, but, um, but, 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 you know, she may have wanted more than the acknowledging of how wonderful my hair was. Well, you know, we couldn't go past that. Amen. So we got to shut her down. Uh, and when the bells and whistles go off, I shut her down. Amen. And I run. Uh, and, and I don't look back. You know, I, I'm not like Lot's wife. I'm running and not looking back. Amen. And I'm not afraid. But, you know, if the Lord says run, I'm running. Uh, and, and so I, I fear nobody. But if the Lord says run, I'm running. You know, Elijah ran. He outran a chariot so I can run. Amen. Outrun all the sin that there is. And so... Let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for your word. And, Father, we thank you that, that uh, you're so kind to us to, to watch over us, Father, to help us avoid the difficulties of life in every situation. And so, Father, even in those times where temptation does come, uh, that sometimes it can't be avoided. We understand that the temptation comes because of our flesh. But your spirit is strong within us. And you said that our spirits are always willing, Father. And so, Lord, we have the capacity in every single time, without exception, to avoid committing a sin. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Can, can the Lord lead us away from sin? Yes. He can. And, and that's, that's a great, valuable asset to the Spirit of God in our life. Amen. And so, uh, come ahead, Mr. Jared. We'll receive uh, this morning's tithes and offerings. And... Um,
appreciate y'all's faithfulness and giving. Amen. Uh, and so uh, the Lord is good and kind to us. And so uh, it, it's a small thing for us to give uh, back unto the Lord. Amen. Uh, and how much you should give? You should give whatever the Lord tells you to give. Amen. And that, that makes it really easy to me because I'm under no pressure as a pastor to, to tell you what to give uh, other than just do what the Lord says to do. Uh, uh, and of course, you know, we've always been, uh, uh, the church has always been uh, funded perfectly fine. We've never been without the funds that we need to do what the Lord calls us to do. And so, uh, and we will always remain that way because uh, my faith and desire is for the Lord to bless and prosper each of you. And, and if you're blessed and prospered and increase, well, then the church will be blessed and prospered and increase. Amen. Doesn't do any, the church any good to make people poor by taking everything they have. Amen. Uh, that's not going to help us at all. Uh, and so come ahead, Mr. Jared, receive the offering. And um, uh, yeah, so uh, uh, I guess I was told that Monday, if you've got to pay your taxes, it's due on Tuesday, right? And so <laughs> you get a whole day extra to pay your taxes if, if you have to do that. If you, if you work a, a, a regular job and not self-employed, then, then your, your employer pays your taxes for you out of the kindness of their heart, right? <laughs> I, think, I think it'd be great if everybody had to write their own check to the IRS every quarter. Uh, you, you want to talk about a revolution in America, right, in, in uh, getting taxes fixed. Uh, that would fix a lot of things right there. If you had to write your own check, I mean, I write the checks, so many zeros, it's like, wow, there's so many zeros on this check. Hey, what are they going to do with this? They're going to do stupid things with it. That's what they're going to do with it, right? And so, but I still write the check, amen? Uh, the Lord is faithful and good. So uh, be blessed. Don't forget, we have a healing school today at uh, 3 o'clock, and you're dismissed.